Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Sweet Talk. This is Continuing Education and Workforce Training here at Idaho State University. I'm Gary, Gary Salazar. I'm the director at Sweet, wonderful group of people, and this is part of our outreach effort where we get a chance to talk uh, to a lot of very interesting people in our community, ranging from entrepreneurs, business people, uh, government people, city councilmen, things like that. So uh, we hope this is informational for you, and we're going to keep it very, very conversational. Uh, focus on, our, on our, our topic or our guest and let them just tell us more about themselves. Joining us today will be uh, Josh Sorensen. He's the field director for Congressman, Congressman Mike Simpson. And um, we're glad to have him here. I'll remind everybody, uh, as you've seen before, you've been following us, that uh, once 20 minutes is up, we wrap it up no matter where we are. And if you miss something, then come back and ask us and we'll, uh, we'll invite him back to finish it another time. So... Thank you, Josh. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to Sweet Talk. Uh, Thank glad you. to have you here. I'm excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, I just saw you the other night. We were at the uh, the Veterans uh, Town Hall uh, just the other night here at the university. So thanks for being there as well. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. that's part of that's part of what we do is make sure that we're supporting the different uh, agencies that are trying to help basically anyone that that's a constituent of the congressman and and veterans in particular. We definitely have a focus there so yeah. wherever we can support and and show up we do it that's fantastic and you're supporting us here uh but i want to really get to the heart of a question i have is is that we've had a chance to talk a few times this is a very interesting cat this guy's got a lot of things going on but tell me what the heck you do as a field director that that is a very interesting question i, I actually did a little homework in advance to this just to check and see if I had been given an actual job description, and I hadn't. <laughs> um, but I, but I, uh, that being said, I, I was uh, like, I, I knew what I was getting into because um, I actually took my wife's old job. So, so I knew through her and in talking to her and, and prior to her, Steve Brown, if you're familiar with him, he, he had the same position. Um, but basically what I do is, um, I, I split my time between two different uh, things. One of them I refer to as outreach, where I go out in the community. Like I say, we try and support different events. Um, primarily, uh, it, it deals with um, like supporting local government officials, state government officials, and in their endeavors, especially when they're trying to interact with the federal agency. Um, another, uh, another example would be dealing directly with federal agencies. So it's not uncommon for me to go to uh, like a forest service or a BLM meeting and kind of find out what they're doing, make sure that our um, our member in DC is is familiar with what's going on. Whenever I say member, just so you know, that's in reference to Congressman Simpson. So um, basically, if I were to just put that part down to just a couple of words, it would be I am Congressman Simpson's eyes and ears here in the district. So um, I show up to the things, uh, ribbon cuttings, groundbreaking ceremonies, whatever the case may be, that he's invited to, that, that he can't attend because a majority of his time spent in D.C. Um, I show up um, and I, I, I support and then I try and get that information back to D.C. so that they know they have a finger uh, on the pulse of what's going on here in Idaho. Um, so that makes up about 70% of my job. 
The other 30% um, deals with me doing what's called constituent services. Um, so all the people who um, elect Congressman Simpson, or maybe even better, a constituent would be all the people who live in Congressman Simpson's district. Uh, I, I help them when they're dealing with federal agencies if they have a problem. So if you've got a veteran that's um, trying to work through uh, veteran choice or, or the, the new, I can't even mission. Think, yeah, veteran mission, which is the new that, uh, veteran healthcare that they are rolling out right now. Um, if they have an issue with that, then they, they have the option to contact a congressman. And I would suggest that you do that. You would um, contact your congressman. And then we have a special in to be able to do what's called a congressional inquiry. And we find out what's going on with that. Now, we can't promise any type of a result, nor can we um, promise that we can speed up that particular um, action or, or inquiry or, or issue that you're dealing with. But what we can do, and oftentimes the, the thing that is very comforting for the veteran or whoever we're working with, is you find out where you're at in the process. Because sometimes just being lost in the process is as frustrating as not having an answer at all. So uh, that is kind of the two bits that make up my position. Um, originally, it started out as closer to 50-50. But as I've gotten a little bit better at handling the casework end of things, the constituent service end of things, um, it requires less time, and as I've gotten more outreach and met more people, I'm invited to more um, like meetings, and so that's it's gone more of a instead of 50/50, we're probably about a 70/30 now. Um, so something that I just want to add really quick for everyone that's listening: um, the two uh, U.S. senators do have offices here in Pocatello, but unfortunately, Congressman Simpson does not, and that's. Kind of a weird story how that came to be. Uh, essentially, it was um, we, we can only sign a two-year lease because we only are guaranteed office for two years. And as a result, our lease ran out. And, um, and I think primarily in an effort to kind of save a little bit of money and, and make things work a little bit smoother uh, in terms of having someone staff the office itself, we just have one in Idaho Falls. So that's where I'm based out of. And I spend probably one to two days a week there. Um, but primarily, I'm here in, or excuse me, in Pocatello. Um, and for me, it really doesn't matter. I live in, in Blackfoot. So I'm getting on I-15 and going one of the two ways every day. So for me, it's not a big deal. That, that's great. And that's a lot of traveling on your part. And we talked about, we met with, uh, with Josh uh, previously, and I kind of jokingly said, boy, if we have something we need to get down to, to Malad, would you mind uh, ferrying that for us? And he, he said, yeah, I go down. I, I travel a lot. So that's very nice. A heck of a lot of traveling. Could you could you tell me a, a little bit what is what is the district? You know, and what's oh. the size of the district here? So so I'm going to start with the district that um, Congressman Simpson covers, um, and it's kind of an interesting shape district. It includes like clear up in Salmon and Chalice, um, and then it kind of comes down, and um, there's a little jog that just picks up Boise and then goes back out. Um, and then, and, and so, so it's basically Boise and everything going east of Boise. Um, like I say, up through Salmon and then um, down, it includes like Mountain Home and, and, and the uh, Treasure Valley area. But for me personally, the area that I cover um, is everything in seven counties, Bingham County, Bannock County, Power County, Caribou County, um, Bear Lake, 
uh, Franklin and Oneida. And I think I got all seven there. Wow. I don't know if we <laughs> counted them, but. That's, that's pretty good. And we got to talk to you about another issue later on related to the Idaho Gold Star Family Memorial Monument because the counties are important for that as well. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, you've given us a good description right now of kind of where you spend your time and what you're doing. A lot of traveling, a lot of talking, a ton of meetings. Uh, that's amazing that you stay up with this. Why did you want to do this? How did you get into this position? That is, a, that is also a good question. And, and I think I alluded to the idea that I took my wife's old job. And, and perhaps I'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit and then tell you a little bit about my background. But um, so she, she had this position and we have a two-year-old right now. And so shortly, and, and I've been in this job for about a year and a half. So shortly after she got back to work after her maternity leave, she thought, you know, I'm kind of wouldn't mind having something that would be at home. And, and so she talked to our district director, which is basically my immediate supervisor. Um, and she talked to our chief of staff and Congressman Simpson, and they, they devised a way to create a position for her. Well, not create, but uh, move a position because we were losing a person in DC that, that did this job. So she took it over um, and she was a, she's able to do it from home. And basically all correspondence that goes to Congressman Simpson, my, my wife um, takes care of, make sure that it gets to the right person, that, that the, the letters are written and sent back to those people that have um, concerns regarding whatever issue it may be. So she's in charge of all correspondence and that's something she can do from home. And when, when she took that, I just happened to be pretty dissatisfied with my current position. And at the time I was, I was in healthcare administration, I was uh, the administrator for an assisted living facility. And, um, and so she, she floated the idea to our district director, Nikki Wallace, and, and asked her, you know, would you even consider hiring Josh for something like that? And I, uh, being very familiar with Congressman Simpson since my wife has worked for him since he was elected, and I've walked in uh, countless uh, parades with him, and I've been mistaken for him quite a bit, even driving cars in parades for him. So, um, so they were, uh, to my surprise, very willing to put me, put my name in the hat, and, and start the interview process. And eventually, I got hired, and it was awesome because my job's the best job in the world. Um, and, and primarily, and, and I think uh, Gary kind of alluded to this, but primarily the reason why I love my job so much is because um, I learn something new every day. And no day is the same as the previous day. It's constantly something different. This is my first interview. So right. there you go. Um, but uh, but that, that love of learning actually comes back to my an initial roots. I actually spent uh, 11 years as a school teacher and I taught civics to eighth graders. So so my, my uh, fascination with politics um, started in college. I, I actually went to ISU and got my bachelor's degree and became a, a teacher um, through, the ISU, through ISU, um, and I taught civics. And, um, and, and I, I ended up actually going back and getting a master's degree also through ISU. So I am like serious Bengal alumni here. So. <laughs> but uh, does, that, does that kind of yeah, answer your question, Yes, Gary? it does. And so, so your wife was happy to have you on board, mm -hmm. uh, a little more time at home taking care of uh, your young child, mm -hmm. and you're stepping in. Now you're taking on more on the road responsibility. You've got to be encountering a lot of new, uh, new people, uh, finding new things. Mm -hmm. you know? So 
Has anything uh, come up in, in your recent experience that you go, wow, that is unusual or that is different? Any, any stories that you would care to share with us? Hmm. Uh, from, from the field director's perspective, of, of, of all the things you encounter, you know, what stands out? So if I'm being honest, nothing really is jumping at me that, like very recent, but I would, I would make the argument that I, I have learned so much. It is, it is absolutely astounding to me. Um, if you would have asked me what proper management of a forest looks like when I started as, a, as opposed to now, um, I've been uh, part of a, a, the Caribou um, Initiative or Collaborative, the Caribou Collaborative, where we, we talk about different forest issues and, and work through how to better serve the forest. And I've learned so much. I don't think for one second that I know even half of what I should know. Um, and, and I'm continually learning, but just the opportunities to learn different things. Um, I recently attended a, um, a homeless, uh, a meeting that, that directly deals with homelessness and how to um, better serve that particular population. And again, I, I, the, the things that they told me, the idea that you know, it's, it's actually in our best interest not to give money or, or things to panhandlers because then they, they go right, they bypass all the different services that the city of Pocatello and the surrounding area have in place to help those people. So, so your best scenario, at least from what I learned from that meeting, is, is to direct them to the appropriate services so that they can get the true help they need that will be lasting help rather than the just a little, you know, give a man a fish scenario. Yeah, I, you know, I, I resemble a lot of the things that you just said because in, in our position here at Continuing Education Workforce Training, things come into us every day that are, are different. Or we try to go one direction and we find something that's, that's a different tangent and we go, well, we didn't know that. Or we didn't realize this organization was doing that where somebody says, can you help us with this? It's, it sounds like it's very similar. We don't travel as much as you do, but the everyday is so uh, eclectic in, in what it brings to, to us. And, and I enjoy that a lot. I enjoy meeting all the new people. There's a tremendous group of people who walk in the, in the door and we get to joke with them. We get to learn a little bit about them. Yeah, it's that relationship building that I think helps uh, ultimately all of us kind of get together and kind of work on some of these issues or problems mm -hmm. together. So. You know, more power to you for that. All right, so you came into this uh, through your wife's good graces. Mm -hmm. You came into this and you've been doing this for about a year and a half. You are, are traveling, meeting lots of new people, and you've been a teacher and you have a master's degree. But apparently that's not enough for you, Josh. You are also doing summer work on the side helping people with irrigation systems. Isn't that right? Well, that's that's kind of my weekend job, yeah. Um, I Well... If I'm being honest, I actually started that when I was a student um, in college because I needed some type of way to make some money. Mm. Um, and knowing that I was going into education, I thought that would be a gig that would continue on. And it just, I, I, think, I think I shot myself in the foot because I built it up to where I've got clients that just keep calling me. So I just keep going back and helping them with their, their sprinkler systems and 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 honestly, it's been good. I've got a I've got I've, I've got a two year old daughter that I told you about. I, I actually have five children total, but I have an eighteen year old son that he's been forced, and it, it certainly isn't because he wants to. But he digs holes every summer, um, 
And it's been a, a good way to kind of help teach the values of work and things like that to my children. So um, I, he's, he's been able to, uh, I don't know, learn those values at a very low wage. Um, <laughs> because uh, that's, that's just what you do when you're, you know, you're the dad. You can kind of force him into, it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's slave labor. And by no means <laughs> is it less than minimum wage. Let me just say that. Uh, but uh, no, he, he uh, and, and I've been able to, um, like, actually what I, what I primarily did was I would take some of the students that I had taught in eighth grade and hire them when they were old enough to drive. And especially, like, I was able to have a couple of students that were relatively disadvantaged and to be able to kind of give them a leg up and, and an opportunity to earn some money and, and learn some skills. So that, that's been uh, a, a blessing for me, and, and it gives me a little bit of extra spending money, mm -hmm. but it's not, I'm not sure, like in terms of stress, I'm not sure that it actually works out really, other than I just can't stop. So. You just can't stop, my yeah. gosh, that, that, is so, that is so cool. I mean, we had an earlier podcast talking about uh, yeah, emotional intelligence and talking about kids and teenagers. I mean, uh, the stories that you could have had with that, that guest, would, that would have been fun to listen in on. All right, so here you are. You've traveled. You've traveled uh, a lot in your life. You're uh, touching a lot of a lot of organizations, working with a lot of people. You know, you've got to be gaining some insights to, hey, here are some some common problems that we're seeing, or here's some directions that you see from your level. You know, um, you're probably you know keeping Congressman uh, Simpson appraised of all that, but from your level. Here in Idaho, Eastern Idaho, in, in your district, the areas that you're looking at, you know, how are we doing? What do you think? Are, are, we, are, we, are we going the right way? Are we coming onto problems that we're not dealing with? What's your perspective on, on that? That's a, that's a good question. I, um, I wanna just backtrack a little bit. Something that is a common theme um, among all the things that I've been able to do, starting with education, moving into, um, the uh, assisted living, so dealing with the elderly, I've always had somewhat of a soft spot for our most vulnerable in our population. Um, and, uh, and, and I think at least, yeah, I really do. I feel that, that in this current position, I'm still able to serve them and help them and be an advocate for them. Um, and so, uh, and, and honestly, that's kind of my focus. And, and at this point, um, I recently, our, our office kind of designated me as kind of the lead for um, education and education issues in the state. So um, I, it wasn't very long ago that I was actually meeting with the College of Education, um, and I met with the president of, the, of ISU and, and other, other different institutions that deal directly with education. I actually serve on the um, education committee for the Chamber of Commerce. So, so that's been something that I'm passionate about. And, and I do believe we, uh, we, on the whole, are headed in the right direction. But something that I do feel is lacking, um, and, and I, if I could you know, sh have a magic wand and just change something really quick, I think I would like to change because right now, um, we're having a very difficult time getting new teachers. Like the the amount of teachers in classrooms, um, it's there's there is a shortage, and as as a result, we've got other programs um, 
that, that allow them to teach with, with a different degree and be able to work in to get some experience um, and, then, and then, you know, on a probationary period and then become uh, certified teachers, which, which is good and that, that is the right direction. But I would love to see a situation where um, the, the profession of teacher was held to a higher, in higher regard. I, I do believe that um, a lot of people downplay what teachers do and... Oh, geez. Oh, boy. oh we're at the we end of the our time. And, and that was great. That was a wonderful uh, explanation of what you were doing, uh, talking about for a, a trend. Gary can't do this. There we go. No, he can't. Hit the cancel. There we Hit go. Hit the cancel. There we go. No. Hit cancel. We'll stop again. it. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, but uh, technology, I only work in the College of Technology. I just can't handle it. But <laughs> yeah. So, that was a great ending, though, talking about uh, a potential area we need to look forward to a little bit more, you know, uh, focus on education and teachers and, and raising, raising the bar a little bit. So, thank you very much. And thank you, Josh, for joining us. This was uh, Josh Sorensen. He's our field director for Congressman Mike Simpson, and he's been with us here talking about uh, what a field director does and the different, uh, different things that he sees. Um, we've been very, uh, very blessed ourselves to have uh, a lot of great people here. This was remarkable. Thank you for joining us. You're certainly welcome. Yeah. Uh, if you want to reach out, to, uh, if you have a concern for Congressman S uh, Simpson, I uh, have a great website out there. I think you just Google that. Or is there a phone number you want anybody to call? Yeah. You're, so you're welcome to look on the website. And it, depending on where you're at in the district, uh, there are several different phone numbers. But for um, eastern Idaho, so everything north of the counties that I already named, and if you live in the counties that I named, uh, 523-6701 is the phone number to our office in Idaho Falls. Oh, area code 208. you got to add that down. Yeah, wonderful. All right. And so I hope you've all, uh, anybody in the audience has found this, uh, this conversation uh, useful, informative, uh, increased awareness a little bit. If you have some questions or if you want to reach out to us, we're at cetrain.isu.edu. Feel free to look us over. We like the feedback. Please let us know what you think. Or if you have another great idea that we can pursue, please uh, follow up with that as well. Thank you for listening to Sweet Talk.